I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Introducing the greatest animated series you've never seen, Lightning Dogs. These canine commandos are lost on a post-apocalyptic earth and battling the forces of the evil Glampire. It's a tribute to the cartoons and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, and Nerdy Show is hell-bent on bringing it to life. Blocks sold separately. Join us as we document our quest from the moment lightning struck to every world-building session and beyond and make our crazy dream a reality. Roll with the pack at lightningdogs.com. The following program is presented by The Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Derek, no. <laughs> he got a real girlfriend, so he's no longer allowed to be part of the show. <laughs> Only singles here? <laughs> Only Just singles with 2D girlfriends. That's the weeb life, baby. Yeah. He's in yeah, football baby. mode, and he's opting out of the podcast to watch men in tight uniforms hit each other. Whoa. Hey. Future is still cool, fe- man. Future head trauma problems. <laughs> Forget that noise and come on over to Wicked Anime. For <laughs> the only sports we talk about involves horse girls. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 156, and I am your stupid, awesome analyst, John Star. And with me is the security guy, Greg. Hola. And our king, baby duck, Evan. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, we had everybody on the show last time. We lost. Uh, we lost like one half of the people. Okay, exactly we're starting out. Half. We're starting out real good for our first uh, 2019 episode. Our, uh, this is yeah. It, it, while this isn't our first episode in 2019 to be released, this is the first episode that we're recording in 2019. Correct. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and so. Uh, Andrew is officially making comic books in uh, Washington State. Mm-hmm. Victoria is in Connecticut today doing I don't care. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and Derek's watching football. With his girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> we're working on getting into the AFC Championships. Go Pats. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I'm pretty sure we're going to do it. They're, yeah. They're, they're up like 41 to 21 right now. Yeah. Um, we're giving him an ass whooping, okay? Woo! And we were afraid of the Chargers, weren't we? Uh, we were. We were. <laughs> uh, you know, fun we were afraid of this. <laughs> fun little fact: somebody we went to high school with, John, is actually a defensive coach assistant on the Chargers. I actually knew he. That. Yes, he won't be after this season. The way they're playing. <laughs> 
Just for one game. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> harsh. But it's an important game. He's, he's if they fuck the up the important game, they fuck up their career. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I was always a, a really big proponent of professional athletes only getting paid for the games they win. <laughs> wow. That's actually a good idea. I like that. Hold on. So... I know we're not trying to go too far into a sports tangent, but then the Browns would like never. The Browns win just anymore. That's true. <laughs> Although they have the Browns won. should just like give up. Okay, the Browns should just close shop. No more football team for them. Actually, I think they, they tried went... so hard to prove that they are a legit football team, and every year they fucking fail. Well, actually, they went like eight and eight or nine and seven this year, so they're on the right path since they fired their head coach. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they fired Lewis. their other head coach. They, they they just they need to find just someone who would be able to at least win a decent amount of games. Well, we'll see. They found a uh, coach. I forget. I think it's George Kitchens or something like that. His last name is definitely Kitchens. So so we'll see. Um, I know that we've pretty much alienated our entire listening audience right now by talking about sports. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that was a quick tangent. But uh, but I just want to actually make the one last point that isn't that pretty much the way that the uh, that the esports circuit goes? You don't get paid unless you win. Pretty I much. Think so yeah. I mean, I know that's how it works at Evo when it's the fighting game tournaments and stuff like that. And I just want to point out there that uh, last year the uh, no twenty seventeen. Uh, I mean, now that we're in 2019, I can I can I still technically on that edge where I can say last year. We're still getting used to it. Um, yeah, where uh, I think that uh, the League of Legends championship com- combined w- or League of Legends championship w- had more viewers than the NFL. Uh, no, not NFL. It was NBA uh, and B. NBA, a- MLB, NHL. no MLB. MLB and NHL. Yeah, I'm trying to get my my anagrams together. <laughs> um, yeah, so basketball, hockey, mm-hmm. and ba- uh, baseball. They more views combined watching League of Legends, and I think that wow. those views would go up if there was an extreme amount of money on the line. Right. With the players only getting paid if they, I think that the views would go up for professional sports if the players only got paid if they won. Isn't it, like, for the top prize in, uh, I think, the World's Tournament for League of Legends, for the first place team, it's like $500,000? Yeah, it's half a million like, dollars. that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And, you know, the, a crappy player in the NFL, a rookie contract, I think is like $750,000. Yeah. It's like, come on. I wouldn't be surprised. And that's guaranteed, too. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I think second and third place at least get paid something as well. And, mm-hmm. No, they, they get paid a little bit, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they would have to. It, it, it's only, like... I don't know. I know with, like, um, one of my friends mentioned to me, like, with Magic the Gathering tournaments, you get paid if you win up to at least three games. Oh. Yep, I believe that. All right. Now that we kind of kind of brought it back into the world of nerddom, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about on this episode of Wiki Anime, uh, even though there's not that many of us. But uh, we are going to talk about the new winter season of anime 2019 all right yeah, yeah. and uh we'll see how that goes <laughs> let's, uh, let's, wait for, <laughs> let's wait for that uh let that conversation later but uh for now it's time to ring the news bell ding ding it's ding. news bell chimes <laughs> in uh is with andrew right now in washington no it, it's not in washington i just didn't go <laughs> over to his his uh residence and get his microphone or uh news bell chan so <laughs> News. 
Okay. No, I, I got it ready. Ding, ding. <laughs> Almost sounds as good. <laughs> dang, 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 what the trolley. <laughs> ring, <laughs> ring, ring, what the bell. Oh, my lord, it's show tunes. <laughs> Here on Wicked Anime. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me that, though, speaking of show tunes, I've heard a lot of them recently because uh, Christine and I have been watching The Marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah? On Amazon. Oh, yeah. It's super good. Really? We, we binged it. It is so good. So funny. Like, like brilliant writing. You would never expect it to have an Amazon Prime original show. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> that just that just threw me off on a tangent with, with Evan's show tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that there are some pretty good shows on Amazon Prime. Actually, a um, friend of a friend was one of the co-creators of that show, Transparent, which is a fantastic series. Yeah, um, and then wasn't Man in the High Tower also on Amazon? Yes, that one was, yeah. That one's yeah. super good. The only one I've been watching is Game of Thrones. I've been finally getting caught up, so excuse me for being way far behind. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning season two, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Evan, what's our first piece of news? All right, so... Right off of the bat, after we did the wikis, there are two wikis winners that have been announced to be having returning seasons. Okay. So first and foremost, Goblin Slayer. At the end of the final season, uh, final episode of Goblin Slayer, it has been said, Goblin Slayer will return. Now, whether or not this is a second season or even a movie, it remains to be seen, but... Needless to say, it's very exciting to know that we are getting more Goblin Slayer in some shape or form. Wouldn't it be amazing uh, to get an OVA or a movie of Goblin Slayer, how incredibly more violent it would be? I Um, would pay right away to go see it. I would say that Goblin Slayer ranks up as one of the series that I could imagine doing very well as a live action, either series or even a live action movie. A live action? Do it? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you'd be able to do it, especially if it was Japanese because there'd be a lot of CG involved. Well, if it was more of a Western production and they get someone like Way to Workshop to do the CGI aspects of like the goblins. Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of, a lot of. that's still like work would go into it. Yeah, that's still just too iffy for me. I don't know how I'd feel about that live action. I I just can't see it. I don't know. I mean, with the shit that you they do in Game of Thrones, I mean, it should be no, no, you know, it should be easy. I still haven't seen any show or movie really match Game of Thrones style of just how do I say this realism? I guess to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had more to that point. So, um, and the second show, and I'm very excited about this, the the winner of both uh, the best one true pairing and best slice of life series, Karakai Jozo no Takagi-san, is getting a second season and everybody is back on board. They're getting the same writers, directors, voice actors, everyone is going to be back for this. Good. That's cool. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. It was a relaxing show. Again, I, I still think that one should have been shorter than a half hour. I think it would have worked as a 15-minute or even a three-minute, but I, I I'll still watch it for a second season. They did mention that the second season will have some slight tweaks, apparently from the uh, the creator, the original manga creator, which is, I'm wondering if they're going to be doing some of the season, some episodes, where it takes place in the future, where Takagi and... Um, 
I'm blanking on his name. It's Takagi and Nishika- Nishikata, where Takagi and Nishikata are a married couple and they have a kid. Yeah, uh, but okay, so just to, to clarify for people, so uh, Takagi's son won Best OTP for Nishikata and Takagi, and then Goblin Slayer won Best uh, Action. Yep, that is correct. All right, so what do we got next? All right, well, a bit of a sad news, but at the same time, at least we know that it's wrapping up. The School Live manga is ending with its upcoming 12th volume. And I don't know if you guys watched School Live at all when the uh, the anime version came out a couple of years ago, but man, that that series was fantastic. It I, really took me by surprise. So I watched the first episode, and I liked it. Um, and I, but I honestly like the way that the first episode was put together. Uh, the first episode was like enough for me, and not to say that it was like okay, I'm done with this series, but it was like man, that was just such a good twist ending for the first episode. Like I don't need to see anymore. And it was weird that that's kind of how it turned out for me because I legitimately have not gone back to it since. <laughs> I recommend it. I actually just bought it part of the Sentai Filmworks sale uh, over to Christmas for ten bucks. I got all twelve episodes. Nice. Yeah. So, sad to know it's ending, but at least it's going to have an ending. And I would like to see them revisit it as an anime, maybe finish it, finish the story up. Yeah. And uh, speaking of other manga series, the end is near, apparently, for One Piece. No kidding. No way. What? Yes. He said that the ending of the manga is getting very close. Uh Eichiro Oda said that the manga will have just over 100 volumes, and I think it's at, like, 95 right now. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Wow. Really? I thought Luffy would never be King of the Pirates at this point. <laughs> well, no, nothing says that he is. If, if they get to the end and he isn't King of the Pirates, then it, I, I, I don't even know. It's just, like, <laughs> anger and confusion and frustration, rage. I mean, how many se- anime seasons does it have? Too many. Yeah, like, they, yeah, like a billion. He, he's got to become the king. It would just be so dumb if he didn't become the king. It'd be great if like some secondary side character became king. <laughs> or just when they were about to find a One Piece, so j- just have like a ship just go on by, and there's the massive treasure that he's towing right behind him. It's like... Fuck! We were so close! The One Piece turns out to be one piece of Werther's caramel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) Oh, Grid Jets love Werther's originals! It's the best treasure of them all! (laughs) If they had an ending like that, so many people would be turned off of the show and never recommend it to their friends, because it's like, you're going to get all the way to the end, they have this big build-up, and then just like, hey, this... Like, Sideshow Bob just became, you know, <laughs> King of the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Grammer as King of the Pirates. I would pay money to see that. <laughs> That's how it would end if the guy who wrote Bleach ended up writing the ending for for uh, for One Piece. Like, and then Kelsey that. Grammer comes out of the sky. <laughs> descends upon the one piece and he takes it the end <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the last page is this Irichiro Oda just a drawing of him just giving the readers the finger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was all a long standing joke <laughs> and y'all fell for it <laughs> you like that plot? too bad 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> well, speaking of manga that we love, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is getting a new spinoff about Nukoa and Shota. I heard about that, and that kind of creeps me out. <laughs> oh, do tell why. Because uh, Shota is like a, how old is he? Like a 12-year-old mage? 10-year-old mage? something. 12 like years old, I think. Good start. And uh, Luoka is, I don't know, hundred year, hundreds, hundreds of years old dragon, mm-hmm. very well mm-hmm. endowed, and is mm-hmm. in love with him. And there's a strong finish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of like caretaker of uh, Sudaharaso. Yeah, no, it, it's actually legitimately that exact level of Shotokan. Uh, honestly, it's straight Shotokan. <laughs> Yikes. It's uh, it's like it's kind of, but it's kind of funny Shotokan. It's funny. It, it it's is funny. It's not creepy. Uh, well, okay, so a little bit is creepy, but it's supposed to be creepy. It's um, it, like the it, joke is the creepy factor. It's, it's kind of like how yeah. like like Uzumade last season was creepy, but it was creepy to the point where it was still kind of funny. Yeah, it was supposed to make you uncomfortable, and it did it in that job. And, and you know, it, it, I, I like Luoko. She's funny. Yeah, and the thing is, she's not trying to be creepy. Like Shota is just assuming. You don't think so? I don't think so. I, don't I mean, know. watch the episode when you, where Shota actually gets introduced. And, like... I remember that episode. Although now and I do remember that he the last thing she offers is her body. And it's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Just... I know it's culturally different for the for the things when it's like, let's take a bath together. You know, that's just something that is... They is do culturally. in Japan. Yeah, that's just something culturally acceptable in Japan, but it, it's kind of weird to us, you know, so that one's a little bit different, but I, I see that one as, as a piece, but it's it's not really because Japan, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a because Japan context, because Japan, I mean, it's like this one's legitimately something that's okay in Japan and is accepted by everybody and it's not creepy or weird. So I know because Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next up on the news, and it's kind of, re- it's um, related to the Golden Globe winning movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Right. Where producer Phil Lord promises if the film crosses 200 domestic, 200 million domestic, which I think it's close to, the sequel is going to have the tokusatsu version of Spider-Man. Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, my. Okay, if you have not seen Spider-Man, you gotta see it. It is so good. A wizard comes down from Planet Spider and endows uh, the Japanese Peter Parker guy spider power so that he can defend the universe and it comes with a giant robot and a sword and everything like that. It is fan freaking tastic question question yeah. okay is this wizard albus dumbledore by any means no it's no. more like a it's more like a sauron kind of kind of wizard that's even better <laughs> we should make the achieved. point too that that the japanese spider-man was one of the very first uh, tokusatsu shows where where the hero piled in a giant robot like, that's why you see Power Rangers piling a giant robot, because of Japanese Spider-Man. That makes sense. I never knew that. That's a little interesting tidbit. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Spider-Man. 
But hey, yes, people keep going to see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse so this could actually happen in the sequel. We promise it's an awesome movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I we we've gushed about it plenty on this show already. It's uh, mm-hmm. definitely worth your time, especially if the sequel means that we're gonna get Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they throw in like the Spider Pig song as a joke. I would love to hear that oh, in that version. That was so overplayed. I know, but it's still kind of especially if they play it in this version. I think it'd be hilarious. It was, but keep in, dude. Keep in mind that Peter Porker was actually around before the Spider oh, Pig. I know Peter Porker has been around since the 1980s. It would still be hilarious. Yeah, I think I think it was already funny where where Spider Ham goes. That's all, folks, and they go. Wait, could he legally say that? Uh, why couldn't he? So yeah, the the line that's all, folks. Uh, this was it. Was this a WB movie? No, no, it was a Sony movie. It was a Sony movie. Yeah, I um, think he said it a little bit differently though. I, it was pretty similar. I, I would have to say that it was it, it was probably uh, they probably had to pay some royalties for it. But they probably Maybe. was yeah. that line trademarked. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's kind of like Warner Brothers, like the Looney Tunes, like it's it's written catchphrase. It's written at the end of every Merry Medley Looney Tune ever. Huh. Yeah. So saying saying that's all, folks. Especially in the way that uh, Porky Pig says it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's trademarked. So. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. I'm just looking up to make sure it is by uh, Sony. It is or... by it is by yeah, Sony. Okay. Yeah, they had no part in it. All right. Okay. I believe you guys. All right. So, how about some news for our fellow New Yorker listeners? So, Shakespeare's class. So, I'm going to be reading the story from Anime News Network. Shakespeare's classic is putting on its boxing gloves for a whole new twist on Macbeth. Japan society's current performing arts season includes Yumurai's reinterpretation of the theatrical classic through Tetsuya Chiba and Asao Takamori's 1960s manga, Ashita no Joe. The play, titled Ashita no Majo, Rocky Macbeth, opens on May 15th at the Japan Society Performing Arts Center in New York City. And apparently they're combining Macbeth with the classic manga Ashita no Joe, which last year was kind of remade as Megalobox. Yeah, and that was easily one of the best uh, anime that I had watched all year. So, so the story. So I have like this the premise here. If my, is it okay if I read it? Yeah. So Yu Marai, founder of the theater company Kamimaka Pennant Race, cleverly retells Macbeth through the 1960s mega hit manga Ashino Joe providing insight into how the tale of one young man's rise from delinquent to professional boxer parallels that of the Scottish king. Laced through with reimaginings of indelible scenes from both works, this production is sure to titillate Shakespeare and manga lovers alike, as Mirai employs the mythos surrounding the boxer Joe to create a theatrical production in which two worlds fraught with angst and ambition collide and align, performed in Japanese with English titles. So it's going to be a Japanese production with English subtitles, which a lot of operas actually do that are in in different foreign languages. So you listen to the opera, but then it's all translated, you know, right then and there. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So for our New York listeners, I think that's one that you should definitely be checking out. So let's see. What have I else have I got for news? We have so 
So, City Hunter Shinjuku Privatized upcoming anime film trailer reveals an appearance of another iconic late 80s, early 90s series. It was recently revealed that the characters from the series Cat's Eye are going to make an appearance in some form in this upcoming City Hunter reboot movie. That's really weird. Wasn't City Hunter, like, not that great? No, it's considered one of the greatest anime from the 80s and early 90s. What am I thinking of, then? I, think, uh, I must be thinking of a different... different Maybe you think of DNA Hunter? No, uh, definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google search that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no cheating. <laughs> but no, this is, like, one of, like, one of the most... Icon- it's kind of up there with, like... Gunsmith Cats and even like Riding Bean as like an anime that really defined like the excitement of the 80s. All right. Yeah. So I thought it was on that, but it just wasn't as good. I'm, oh, man. Now I'm trying to think of what, it, what the I, I could have sworn that there was there was a clip in it at the bad anime bad panel years ago. I want to be in that. No. <laughs> Unless it was like a really bad dub it got. Maybe. I don't Which know. It might have gotten a bad dub. Well, the rules of, of bad anime bad, though, are it can't just be a bad dub. It also has to be a bad, like, just a, a generically bad story on top of it. So that he's not just making fun of English dubs. He's also making fun of the medium itself. Oh, okay. That yeah. probably wasn't there. Oh, I have to figure it out. It's got to kill me. Okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, City Hunter, the anime film, is going to have the characters from Cat's Eye in it, who are, which was one of, one of the other iconic series from... Late 80s, early 90s. And a lot of people are speculating that this could even lead to a reboot of Cat's Eye somewhere in the near future. Nice. All right, so I think it's time we do some weird, strange, and fetish of the week stuff. I think it's been a while since we've done that. <laughs> oh, my favorite part. It's time to talk about Japan's fetish of the week. <laughs> it has been a long, long, long time since we have done this section. Oh, I thought you were going to say long, long, <laughs> long <laughs> week. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I've actually got three stories for this. Three? Yes. So one of the first things I know you guys know about this as cosplay as a sexy soul-sucking demon with new succubus swimwear from Japan. Oh, yeah, that's right. We wanted Victoria on this because she was mad about it for some reason. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine why. She, was, she wasn't mad because it exists. She was mad because she doesn't think it would work as real swimwear. Well, it. I mean, it comes with horns and a tail and wings. Uh, All great propulsion systems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes! Right? Obviously, we're not doing anything professional in this, but could you imagine you're wearing those wings in the ocean? You just get washed out to sea with it because you have no, like, you, you don't have any free... <laughs> range of motion (laughs) (laughs) but yeah looking at the pictures of it they're very tantalizing very cute they were actually they they definitely were and it works as something other than a swimsuit i would have to say Mm -hmm. i mean i i think it would be a great swimsuit it's it's just like a bikini right as you said it is yeah yeah and it has horns except with fishnets on your legs to help you catch those small little fish you can have for dinner that night (laughs) pretty much you know that that's why you wear fishnets when you go swimming right yeah Yeah, that's the only reason why you would wear (laughs) fishnets in fish territory exactly (laughs) 
It's propellers and what else did I miss? Or propulsion, I'm sorry, propellers. <laughs> propellers. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like all sucky by. <laughs> the horns. <laughs> the horns are propellers. <laughs> uh, what am I missing here? There's something else I know you can do. The the tail. Well, the tail could be a propeller if you like spun it. The fast tail would be a rudder. Tail okay. would be a rudder, oh, but yeah. you could also use it to to fish as well. <laughs> yeah, you put a worm on the end of the uh, end of the spiky point tail. Yeah, <laughs> coming with a fish. As you're turning yourself. Yeah. So yes, thank you, Japan, for bringing this to us. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that was one of Japan's fetish of the week. All right. <laughs> and now for the next fetish of the week. Which is? Japanese bikini models breasts rub 10,000 times to see if they'll grow bigger. Uh, so this, this is a old wives tale of Japan. I know about, I, I haven't read this story, but I know of it. Um, so I, it's an old wives tale in Japan that if you, if you rub or massage breasts, that they'll get bigger. Mm-hmm. Do they still practice this? It's, it's in anime. They, they do it uh, all the time. They're like, you know, girls will like run up to each other in anime and do like a, like a grab from behind so that they, uh, they'll be like, but they'll never get bigger if I don't massage them. Ha ha ha. for boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh. Obviously, it's not true. That's not how fat cells work in the body. But, uh... <laughs> well, okay. So, here's the thing about okay. that. So, while this was going on, uh, she... The uh, the model who took part in this, uh, Nana Yasuda, she said that at 2,000 rubs, she noticed that her previously stiff shoulders felt much better. Once <laughs> she hit the halfway point at 5,000 rubs, she said, quote, it feels like my breasts really are getting bigger, end quote. And 1,000 rubs later, at the 6,000 mark, she said, my breasts are overflowing from my bra. Once all 10,000 rubs had been administered, it was time to measure yesterday's chest. Bef- okay, ready for this? Before the 10,000 rubs, the bust size was 81 centimeters with an underbust of 73.5 centimeters. Cup size, D. Are you ready to know the results of the after effect of the 10,000 rubs? Yes, insert insert drum roll. So her bus size actually went up one centimeter. (laughs) A whole centimeter! (laughs) But the underbust went down from 73.5 to 68.5. However... Because of this, she went up from a D cup to an F cup. What? That's the, the math does not seem to add up there at all. So according to the program, it didn't just make it two sizes larger. It actually altered the shape of it. That's just that just sounds like swelling from so much raw like massage and rubbing. Like that's that's not like a, a miracle of science. That's just irritation. <laughs> Oh, my yes. Yes. Once again, thank you, Japan, for your wonderful contribution to science this time around. I know it didn't involve sex robots, but I think this was a nice little alternative. When was this study done? Because I feel like a lot of things might have changed since this study was done. This study was done um, just a couple weeks ago. What? How, How long did it take? 
What do you mean? How long did it take? I don't know why to co- to conduct the study. Yeah. How I, long did it take to to rub ten thousand times? Yes. <laughs> Dep- I don't know. I've never rubbed tits for ten thousand times. Uh, Greg, I can't tell you. Greg, puff out your chest. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. So it takes about like ten seconds. You get like twenty rubs. So that would be like thirty seconds for. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so be allowed to I'm just afraid your wife's gonna come in here and just watch you rub it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm way too excited right now. <laughs> happy, happy. <laughs> Making it worse. I don't know what I'm saying. Just, just <laughs> I'm gonna shut up for the rest of the podcast. Good night. Greg, you're really red. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm very confused. I'm laughing too hard and my brain hurts. Uh, we can animate everybody. Woo! <laughs> Woo! What we got next? All right, so the final story, and this is more of a what the hell were you thinking kind of like strange news. Okay. So lingerie maker Peach Jones has made a special kind of candy for Valentine's Day, specifically called Love Potion, which boasted that the powder within the Love Potion arouses feelings of passion when ingested for both men and women. And apparently things were going okay until it got to how you use it. It says specifically on the website for Peach John, how to use this supplement. Use these chocolates. Secretly make the other person take it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, science man. Don't do that. <laughs> wow. I just want it to be a legitimate study, though. <laughs> well, that's true. You can't really get accurate results if it's the person knows that they're taking it. Legit says, if you think doing it openly would be embarrassing, secretly mix the love potion into a meal or candy for them to eat. Then you can enjoy seeing if they notice or not. We recommend secretly mixing it into someone's food or drink. (laughs) (laughs) Because nothing says love like like dropping a date rape drug. (laughs) So, I... I mean, technically, the other person is still willing, but isn't this kind of, like, under the influence? Like, if somebody drinks too much, obviously they can't make the right consenting choice. So if you give them an aphrodisiac, can they make the right choice? That is, like... This feels like it's way too serious of a talk for, like, Valentine's Day chocolates, suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) There's a special surprise inside your chocolates. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, take a bite to find out. Eat it! <laughs> yeah. So, don't do this. So, yeah, bad job. Whoever was in PR for that should be fired. Yes, right. It's a very bad thing. Where can you buy these, Evan? <laughs> On the official website. <laughs> it's so bad, but I want to know where you can purchase it. Um, link not in the description. <laughs> 
as no. as good moral compass for wicked anime. We're not going to provide the links for for this one. <laughs> I'm, I I think for all this awful activity that's going on as a security guy, I might have to boot you out of your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it says it actually ships overseas. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> For $9.99. Wow! That's a low price! No, I don't know the price. It's. I think it's it, just to ship it across, just to ship something from Japan. It's like an extra 30 bucks anyway, so it wouldn't be just $9.99. Oh, man. About 20 because that's how much it costs to send uh, one of my Christmas gifts over. Yeah. $19.99. Plus... A plus handling sh- fee. Plus shipping and handling. Plus another shipping and handling fee of uh, $9.99. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chocolates. Seductive <laughs> chocolates. Alright, and that is the end of all the news. Alright, let's talk about some games. Because there are a couple that have popped up. Uh, one that I'm going to talk about real quick and mention. Uh, because it's a super old game, but I, I got onto it and I've been using it for anime purposes. And then one that just came out uh, yesterday uh, from this recording. Yesterday or a couple days ago, I forget. But um, So the first one that I wanted to mention was that I picked up an awesome game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm way into rhythm games. And Japan uh, has made a lot of really great rhythm games. But one that's a good proponent for uh, Japanese music... Um, but not from Japan, is a game called Clone Hero. Has anybody heard of this? No, I've never heard of Clone Hero. I, th- I think I've heard of Clone. Yeah, Tell me more about did it, John. You, did you not just play it like five minutes ago before I, we started recording? I wanted to you to lead into the audience. Tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so Clone Hero is, is basically Guitar Hero, but it's a free source that uh, you can download off the internet. Uh, for both PC and Mac, and as long as you have a way of connecting a guitar to your PC or Mac. I use a 360, an Xbox 360 guitar because I have an Xbox 360 dongle um, that allows you to connect controllers. Uh, You can also use PS3 or PS4 controllers. You can actually legitimately just plug them right in and they'll work. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, Does your dongle dangle? Yes, it does. It's very dangly. Mm. Um, But it... uh, Yeah, so the program allows you to just download any songs that you want as long as somebody has made them uh, with Guitar Hero notes at any moment in time, fan-made or not. And so I've downloaded, like, the entire, uh, like, all of the Fooly Cooly OST for the pillows. I've downloaded Maximum the Hormone. I've downloaded uh, some Naruto songs. I've downloaded, um, uh, who else? Oh, I the t- they had Tank, uh, the Cowboy Bebop opening. Um, they've, had, they've had a whole bunch of stuff, which was... Uh, which has been super cool. Uh, oh, Baby Metal. I downloaded some Baby Metal. Um, baby Metal? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I've also downloaded a ton of just other metal, too. But, uh, man, it, it's been so much fun playing playing these songs. Like, all these songs that should have been on Guitar Hero, like, for my entire life, I now have. And it's been around forever. Or for a long time, anyways. And uh, and I, I just recently picked it up. So. so this is the correct game that Guitar Hero should have made for everybody. Like, so everybody can actually customize their own playlist, yeah. play the songs that they actually want to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little difficult at first to get up, but there's a lot of tutorials on YouTube to set it up properly. And then you can just start downloading songs. It takes, like, literally a minute 
to download any song you want. Now, is it like That's a awesome. one? Is it a one video tutorial? Because I feel like if it's going to take multiple videos, people might be thrown off. It's a it. one video tutorial. Okay. Like it takes five minutes to install the thing. Sure. Uh, as long as you do everything a hundred percent correctly, I didn't. So I ended up watching like ten videos trying to figure out what I did wrong. I joined the Discord and asked the helpline what happened, and then I got the right answer from there. But the answer truly was in the help docs from when you download the game. Oh, I, wow. I was just doing it wrong. You <laughs> went all out. Ten videos and Discord and... Yeah. Holy moly. I wanted to try to get it to work. That's awesome. And it was great. I play it all... I play it like every day now. No, they, me and the community, thank you. <laughs> and now we know. Yeah, so that's Clone Hero. You can go to clonehero.net and download a Mac or PC version. Uh, the next game that we want to talk about, I say we because Evan and I both played it, um, Resident Evil 2 Remake demo dropped. And yeah. uh, so the way that the Resident Evil 2 remake demo works is that it's a one-shot demo. You have to sign in online to play it, and it gives you 30 minutes to play the demo once, ever. So the you, when you download it, you download the entire game, almost the entire game. It's the part where uh, you can only play as Leon Kennedy, you can't play as Claire. Um, and you start when you get to the uh, Raccoon Police Department uh, headquarters. Um so you miss out on the entire intro and everything like that, mainly because I think the opening cinematic is like 30 minutes long. Um, <laughs> but, like most Japanese opening cinematics are. <laughs> that's the demo, everybody. But that's even but that's even for like for a game that came out in the early 2000s. Like, um, so anyways, anybody who has not played any of the Resident Evil series, uh, Resident Evil 2 is one of the greatest standalone games ever. Um I believe Andrew played through it like 10 times to try to unlock all the stuff that you could get in Resident Evil 2. And there's so much story behind it. And this was for the original PlayStation and N64. They released on the N64 as well. Now, um, I thought you said that you could only play through it once and then you just can't play it through anymore. Or did he like... Yeah, that's the part that I haven't gotten yeah. to yet. Okay. So yeah. the reason why it's called a 30-minute one-shot demo is because you play it for 30 minutes, and when your 30-minute timer runs out, you can never play the demo ever again. Ever. Right. Uh, so, because it, you the only way that you can... Apparently, it, it explains all this to you. The only way that you can play the Resident Evil 2 demo, um, or Resident Evil 2 at all, mm. when when the remake com- comes out, is by <coughs> RENet. Um, which is Resident Evil's online service, and you can only play it that way so that it can track all your stats and blah, 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 blah. Um, and so it, it takes your IP address and your PlayStation information and puts you on a list saying, hey, you've already played your 30 minutes, you can't play this demo ever again. That sounds kind of weird to me. Yeah. That being said... The demo for Resident Evil Remake is something to behold. Yes. For me, it was the scariest game that I've ever played ever. And really? I am, I'm a horror guy. Like, nothing nothing really scares me, but just atmospherically, it scared me more than the Resident Evil 7 VR demo. It scared me more than um, Fear. Which is which was previously one of the scariest games that I've ever played. It scared me more than Condemned Criminal Origins on the Xbox 360. Um, yeah. What just, about Outlast? Uh, yes, it scared me more than Outlast. Have wow. you ever played any of the like VR horror games they've had on there? I've, I've played two of them, and I, I hate that I'm forgetting them. 
but being immersed in that like that was legit scary for me anyway but the, doing something like you're saying that resident evil not in vr is more scary than being like immersed in vr and having things come at from you. what i've played the only horror game that i've ever played in vr mm-hmm. was um the uh what's that rush of blood was it the, the carnival one? The oh carnival yeah, Until Dawn, one. Rush of Blood. Yeah, oh, I, um, I played a different one. The game sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But let's let's jump into Evan. What did you think of this game? I thought it was really good. Like it took me a little bit to figure out what to actually do in the game, but like once I dived into the main aspect of it, like it was freaky. Like when you save, when you try to save the other cop and you pull him out, and then you start seeing all of his intestines like start like spilling out of like the other half of his body. Like yeah, it's, and he and he's still alive, and he's still alive. <laughs> and then you open up the door and you start getting attacked. Man, that was freaky. Like I jumped a couple times while playing this game. Yeah, the um the first time that I saw a zombie in the game. I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I mean, like, I shot him, but I didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> but you have to shoot every zombie, like, eight times in order to kill them. Even if you shoot them in the face. It's amazing. Um, like, uh, let's talk about the zombies, too. Uh, every zombie in the demo was unique. I did not run into the same zombie twice. No kidding. Yeah. And you also need a... It's, it's scary because you need to conserve your ammo. Like, you you only have, start the game with, like, 12 shots. What? And it takes, like, six to eight shots to kill a zombie, depending on how accurate you are. Um, every single dead body in in there, like, you, there's dead bodies lying up against the wall, could be a zombie. And yeah, I, I was, like, shooting each one just to make sure. Well, when you get the knife, you, you're supposed to slash them. Um, yeah. But... So the difference between Resident Evil 2 Remake and the original Resident Evil is that dead bodies that didn't that weren't zombies were pre-rendered into the environment and they looked different. Like real zombies were cartoon and you knew when they were alive. Um, this one you can't tell. There's dead bodies everywhere and you cannot tell if they are a zombie or not. And chances are they're typically a zombie. That's insane. Yes. Um. What's even more insane is that every single bullet you fire leaves a bullet hole or takes a piece off of the zombie. Like, I shot a zombie in the chest, like, three times, and it was kind of grouped in the same spot. Um, so I shot him in the chest, and I, I, I exposed a rib, and I shot him near the neck, and I exposed his collarbone. And it like, showed it? Yeah. Um, there was oh. a zombie that I shot in the face, and it took off his jaw. Like, you can pick apart the zombies. There was one part in the game that was really funny, actually, or in the demo, was uh, you climb into this other section of the of, of the uh, jailhouse, or the, the police department. Yes. And there's this really fat uh, policeman zombie um, <laughs> bashing up against a uh, vending machine. And he doesn't see you. Like, the zombie doesn't pay attention. It's just hitting the vending machine. It's, it was really funny. And so I snuck <laughs> up. Arr, fuck brains. I want Snickers. Yeah. And I snuck up on him because you have a knife at this point. And it was the first time you really got a chance to use the knife. And so I started slashing the crap out of the zombie. And it was every time I slashed it, it left a slash in the zombie exactly where I slashed him. Um, it, it was leaving gashes and after like the sixth or seventh time I slashed him, his arm fell off, uh, because I had cut his arm so many times in the same spot and, oh, but the zombie was still alive. 
Um, and so, like, just the way that everything in this environment, all, like, all the zombies are just, like, so well put together and scary. And, oh, man. Um, one zombie attacked me, and I stabbed him with my knife and pushed him back and I didn't have my knife anymore because it was stuck in the zombie. So after I shot the zombie, I had to pull the knife back out of him in order to have my my knife back. Just like you have to use your resources to your to your advantage. You only have 8 slots to use like in your inventory and you're picking stuff up all the time like herbs. You can only put one herb per slot. Um, you picked up boards so you could board up windows because if you don't board up windows, then zombies will break through the glass and crawl through them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, just like don't they break through the boards too? Yes, they do. Eventually, they break the window and then they break through the boards. But it, it gives it takes like ten times the amount of time for them to do it. So, so it buys you some time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The graphics in the game were visually stunning. Just like, um, like just everything looked gorgeous, beautiful, shiny. Uh, disgusting. Like, all of the anatomy in the game was articulate. When, like, the time where you you first have the... You have the first zombie encounter, and then uh, uh, Leon gets away. He crawls underneath uh, this, this, this grate that's uh, in the way because, like, all the doors are emergency locked, and, and they're done by, like, gates. Um, and he's, like... He's panicking, and he's, like, using his shoulder to bash up the door so he has enough room to wriggle through, and it felt so real. Just, like, the it was so immersive, so scary, and I cannot wait for Resident Evil 2 Remake to come out because it's going to be an amazing game. Mm. All right. Agreed. I gotta try it now. The only problem is that I don't think that... Uh, or, or none of the original voice cast is coming back. And by original, I, I don't mean... Well, I suppose I do mean original from the original Resident Evil 2. But um, Matthew Mercer, who has been... He, he's known for Critical Role. But before that, he was Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 4. And then he was Leon Kennedy in every single Resident Evil property up until now. Now it's some Eduardo somebody somebody guy. Um, Why would they change him over? Well, probably because um, Matthew Mercer sounds a little bit older, and this is Leon Kennedy's first day on the job. Ah. So they need a younger sounding guy. And I thought it... Oh, was... gosh, Jesus, my first day here at the police force! See, oh, I th- no, I thought the zombies was... are coming! I thought it was Matt Mercer at originally um, when I when I was playing the game. Uh, and, but then I looked it up because I was like, oh, I love Matt Mercer. I want to know if he's doing this. And it wasn't. It was some other guy. But it made sense to me because Matt Mercer started playing it after he was like 20 years into his career. Like he was like, prote- he was protecting the president in Resident Evil 4. Or he was protecting the president's daughter um, in Resident Evil 4. And this one is his first day on the job as a cop in Resident Evil 2. So like, but after that he's done movies and he's done other video games and he's done... A whole bunch of different stuff as Leon Kennedy, um, and now we didn't get this one. But the but the voice acting in it was incredible. It was great. Everything felt authentic and real. It did not have Resident Evil Two uh, dialogue. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Evan, anything? I'm sorry, I gushed about it the whole time. Is there anything that you want to add? No, you basically said everything I wanted to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't share the airtime. I was just I would just got way into my gushing. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, so yeah, if you have not had the chance to spend your 30 minutes, uh, downloading the Resident Evil 2 remake demo, do it. 
because it's totally worth the time. The thing that I want to find is somebody who has done a speed run of the Resident Evil 2 demo to see how far you can actually get. Well, apparently someone posted it and it takes about three minutes to complete the demo if you speed run it. <laughs> really? Are you what? serious? Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, man, because it, I spent all 30 minutes exploring and I didn't get anywhere close. So, Oh, they don't even let you finish it? No, because, dude, um, so, like, so there are locked doors that you can find keys for in there. Apparently there is an ending to the demo because if somebody's completed in three minutes, but there are keys, like, in the original game they had all the clubs of a deck of cards, so they had the diamond key, the spades key, the clover key, and then, um... Uh, the heart's key. Um, and you've come across the clubs and the spades in the demo version. And I found the spades key. I was like, well, crap. Now I have to go back and go through all these doors. Um, and I tried going back through them. And I found out that I lost like 30 or, or like three minutes of playtime because I was backtracking to a point where I was like, oh, wait, I can't go back yet because I don't have a door to go through. Right. I climbed through a vent and I can't reclimb through that vent. So I lost all that time oh. in the demo. No. But there is so much to explore. So is it like an open world concept in this yes, one? Yes, it kind of is. You have okay. the entire police station to, to explore, and you can do it in pretty much any order, but people need your help and stuff like Well, based on the demo, it, people need your help. And okay, so this is just in the police station. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are probably a lot of linear things that you can do, uh, or to, to progress the story, obviously, um, there's no real time limits or anything like that, but there's a lot of exploring. You can go into pretty much any, any room, you know? Okay. There's a lot of puzzle elements. Like there, there, you go into the, uh, like there's a locker room that has a whole bunch of equipment in it, but, and you have to type in the number of the locker in order to open it. Um, but like the best stuff are in the 200 lockers, like 203 and 208 are, have like shotguns in them, but you can't get them. Um, so you need to, but so you need to type in the code for them, but you can't get them because the two and the three number are missing on the keypad, and so you have to go through the entire game to see if you can find the number two and number three for that locker, and then you can go open up those lockers, and then that's the way that Resident Evil works. So if you're really bad at puzzles, you're pretty much screwed. Yes, <laughs> uh, Resident. Well, they're easy puzzles. Most of the time, they're easy puzzles. You just have to remember where things go basically so if you oh, so you man. have a map and if you say like okay so in order to get into this room in order to get into the west offices i need the spade key an hour later playing the game you find the spade key you're like oh crap where was that door that had the spade key lock on it like that's kind of how resident evil works it's okay. like you'll be walking through the game you'll play like for five hours and you'll pick up the number two for that keypad, you're like, what the hell is this for? <laughs> <It's> oh, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, and there's there's lockers that have locks on them that have padlocks, and you have to read all the memos in order to get the code. There's a safe in the game that I didn't have the combination for. All kinds of stuff. Could you get the combination of that safe in the demo? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, but oh. I don't know. Okay. Evan, did you find this safe? I'm just curious. No, I didn't find the safe. Okay, maybe it's just for the main game then. I'm a completionist. Whenever I play a video game of this of this caliber, I look at everything. I wasn't looking to complete the Resident Evil demo. I was looking to explore, and I'm really happy that I did because there's just a lot of cool stuff. So, 
Well, if uh, I don't have a chance to, I should just lend you my PS4 and go, here you go. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I mean, every zombie, every zombie in the game felt like a boss, a boss fight. You know, it was just seriously. Yeah. Well, wow. it, it, cause it was just like you encounter one and you're like, oh crap, am I going to be able to kill the zombie before I run out of ammo? You know, eventually I found enough ammo boxes that I had full, like fully equipped and you can have a maximum of 72 shots in the game. One full clip of ammo plus 60 uh, shells in a box. And then you have to create a whole new inventory slot for your next box of ammo. Oh my goodness. So like, so it's either do I stockpile on ammo and not be able to pick up the things that I need, like the spade key, or do I keep a decent amount of ammo on me? Maybe run out if I run into too many zombies, but I can carry all this other stuff that can help me solve puzzles. It's mm. a dilemma. It's a dilemma. Oh man. Mm. So, um, of course, there's there's crates in the game, though. There's these storage crates. Uh, this was in the original one, too. Giant storage crates that you could put whatever you want in it, but you have to wait until you find another storage crate in the game before you can access the items inside that storage crate. So if you find a storage crate in the first room in the game and then you come across the exact same storage crate, um, like, an hour into the game, you can get all of the items that were in that crate in the beginning, but you have to wait. Like, if I run out of ammo and I was like, oh, crap, I have an ammo box inside that crate, I can either have to find another crate or go back all the way to the beginning of the game to get that crate. So. <laughs> wow, they really try to screw you there. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How can we screw with our gamers? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, but it was so good. Okay. So enough about Resident Evil. Everybody go try it. Spend 30 minutes doing that. Um, do we want to talk about the new season of anime? I think yes, so. Yes, let's do that. So, um, if I recall, I'm opening up my notes right now. Um, the anime in 2018, uh, the winter season 2018 was awesome. That's if I recall. We had things like Junji Ito, Place Further Than the Universe, Devilman Crybaby, School, School Babysitters, Laid Back uh, Camp, J- yeah. Takagi-san, Dagashikashi, Darling in the Franks, How to Take Care of a Mummy. This is how we started 2018 for anime. We very clearly do not have as strong of a start here for for 2019. There no, are good don't. shows. There are good shows. Don't get me wrong. But there are definitely a bunch of shows that I'm not going to be watching by the end of this season. That is a fact. Mm. Um, so this this anime season is not as strong as uh, last year's winter anime season. But the good news is that there are some great shows that we're going to talk about both the good and the bad. But there are some great shows that we're going to point you in the direction for so that you can you can watch some stuff. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Um, so uh, Evan, should we talk about bad shows first or good shows first? What do you? What do you um, I want to hear about what you think about the bad shows. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> uh, where do I start? Um, let's see. Bad shows. Uh, let's start with a short one. So a, a short show. Uh, Rainy Coco side gig. Did you watch this? It was like nope. three minutes. It, it was two minutes long, and the first episode ended like the last episode of The Sopranos did. It was just like in the middle of a sentence, the show stopped playing, and I thought, <laughs> and I thought my internet crashed, but it didn't. It was just really bad writing, mm-hmm. and it was not worth my time. But it was like two minutes. It was a two minute long show. Don't even have to worry about it. Wait, what? Yes. Really? Yeah. So like um, 120 seconds. Yeah. 120 seconds. That's why. So in Japan, they have a, a, a half hour TV block where they play a whole bunch of two and three minute anime. Oh, okay. So that they could do a whole showcase of a bunch of different shows. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So there, there's a bunch of them that they do now. It's a trend now. They, like five years ago, you wouldn't have seen these. Right. Nah, maybe a little bit longer than that. But um, it's, it's kind of a new trend in this new generation of anime. Okay. Um, I don't even remember what this one is. That it, oh, um... Uh, it's called Rinchi uh, Echoda Chan. Did you? Yeah, I watched that one. I think it's kind of interesting considering that they're doing this whole thing where it's twelve different animation studios that are going to be interpreting this character. It's twelve different studios, twelve different voice actresses, twelve different directors. Yes, I think it, I think from an experimental aspect, it's going to be worth watching. And I agree with you. I am going to keep watching the show. I didn't really like it. It didn't really make any sense to me, and it wasn't very funny. But um, I'm really interested, especially because the show's a half hour long. The um, uh, the show itself is like three minutes, yeah. but then the other like 20 minutes is focused on the making of that episode. It's really cool seeing the whole behind the scenes aspect of the director and the voice actress talking about why they went this route with this character. I 100% agree with you, Evan. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing, though. I, it just couldn't keep my interest long enough. To, to watch a half hour interview. If it was if it was a three minute anime and then a three minute interview, great. I'll watch the whole thing. But three minute anime with twenty minutes of interviews with directors and voice actresses, oh, it's it's they have to ask some really good questions <laughs> in order to keep me for that long. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, next one. Uh, oh, the price of smiles. Did you watch that one? I did not watch it. I read the premise and I was like. Eh, not my thing. And that's pretty much the impression that I got from when I watched it. The It was just like, well, first off, I read the description and it didn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I could not, for the life of me, figure out what this, this show was going to be about. Um, it's about this. So the first episode starts off in this in this futuristic kingdom. And the new queen, or she's a princess. They call her a princess, but she's the new queen because her parents died. Um, she's 12 years old. And she wants to run her kingdom with nothing but smiles. Great. Kind of a cool premise. That's when uh, the whole military tactics with giant robots comes in. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like they were doing this thing where uh, she was doing this relationship with the citizens. And uh, like it was her birthday and all of the people were bringing her gifts. And she was like, great, let's bring all the gifts to the poor people on the outside of the kingdom. And <clears throat> everybody was like, no, you shouldn't do that. But the But the princess was like, 
but I should because that's how I want to run my kingdom. And and I was like, oh, well, that, that's a pretty cool part of it. And then there was like military giant robot fights for the last part of it. And it was really boring. And that was it. It was boring. Yeah. Boring. Boring. Speaking Aww. of speaking of boring, uh, one show that I did watch the one episode for, but I'm not going to continue watching, Girly Air Force. Oh, you know what? I, I didn't get a chance to watch that one. How, how was that? So Girly Air Force, basically, it, it focuses on what appears to be like a robot woman that, that pilots like a Swedish jet plane. And it focuses on this battle between uh, what's happening in Japan versus a... Um, an evil organization, I guess, called Z or G. It's spelled X I. Yeah. And watching this episode, like, like we hear Girly Air Force. At first, it starts off some kind of interesting with seeing just a bunch of people get blown up. So I'm like, okay, uh, the Girly Air Force people die in this apparently. Okay, but as the show progressed and you learn about the uh, the history of like. I think it's a brother and sister duo, and the brother is trying to send for the military so he can go out and defeat the Zai because the Zai killed his parents. It is just he a goes girly man. Join <laughs> the girly air force. <laughs> He's kind of a girly man, but it's it as it progressed, it just kind of got more dragged down in the mythos it was trying to create, and it just was kind of boring. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's keep uh, the trend of boring going. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Meiji Tokyo Renka. Uh, it did you see this one? Nope, I did not. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, Meiji Tokyo Renka is a it's a, it's very clearly a shojo anime. Um, it's a uh, what uh, an otome. So there's one girl and a bunch of pretty boys. Um, all of the pretty boys are ghosts, or at least I think they are. Uh, with it, so the premise is this modern day girl. This is actually okay. Let me take a step back. This is the first isekai with a female protagonist. Um, but it's not an isekai in the way that we uh, we picture them typically. So this girl in modern day Japan is shunned by all of her friends because she can talk to ghosts. But she's never real. The reason why she's shunned is because she never realized that she was talking to ghosts. She thought she was talking to regular people and that everybody around her could see them. And so she's talking to ghosts, and everybody thinks that she's weird. But nobody. But she doesn't know why she's weird until she's like older. So yeah. she's so she secluded herself, and ghosts are always talking to her. So she spends her life with her headphones in, until this one day where she comes across like this carnival act guy, who uh, takes her. And puts her into a magic trick, and she throws her into a. Uh, he throws her into a box, and that teleports her into this really old uh, Victorian era world. And the Victorian era world, she meets this really pretty guy who's a first class uh, surgeon uh, of war, and uh, they go to a fancy party. And there's a whole bunch of pretty boys that are weird. And then there's <laughs> another pretty boy that shows up who tries to kill one of the ghosts. And she stops him from killing the ghosts. And just like, don't kill this cute little ghost. And he's and he's like, wait, you can see the cute little ghosts? I'm I'm stoic and mean. Is it Casper? And I got and I got long long hair, long green hair, and a sword. And I, I don't care about anybody. Um, and and I don't know. It it was like. 
it was weird. It was it was shoujo to the max. And I'm not a shoujo fan. If you like shoujo, you might actually like this. If you like Otome too, you'll probably really like this. Like I think Sarah would really like the show, 42 Believer. Yeah. Um I but I don't. Like man, it it was so boring. Um all of it, it it felt like a soap opera for sure because all of like the pretty boys were like just pretty boys and I I was like, well, and part of me was like, well, what about her family? Aren't they worried about the fact that she was just teleported by some strange dude in a top hat to the pretty dude, by the way, strange, pretty dude in a, in a top hat to this ghost world. <laughs> and just like, I, it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> like there was, there was nothing that really grabbed me about any of it. So yeah. Meiji Tokyo Rinka. Should I do another one? Yeah. I don't really have any other ones that I would say were bad. Okay, then I have a couple more. Um, let's see. Let's do. Oh man, I let let uh, the quintessential quintuplets. Okay, I watched that one. Okay, and you didn't necessarily think it was bad. No, I thought it was okay. And apparently, the manga version I was reading about is supposed to be really, really funny. Yeah. So, but it takes a little bit for it to like really pick itself up. So. I was going to give this one another shot. Um, I was going to give it at least three episodes. Um, The quintessential quintuplets is about this kid who is in high school. Is it high school? Yeah, it's high school. It looks like college based on like every, everything that they, everything that all the environment. Yeah, it kind of has this very college vibe to it. But they're all still wearing uniforms, which makes sense as to why they're in high school. Mm -hmm. Um. So he he's really poor, and the way that we're introduced about the fact that he's really poor is that he gets he goes to his cafeteria and he orders a uh, beef combo, a beef and rice combo meal without the beef because it cuts out two hundred yen and uh, it costs less than just plain rice and you also get miso soup with it. So he's doing like this really intelligent math in order to figure out his expenses. Well, it's not really intelligent, but it's really intelligent for, like, a dumb audience. You know what I mean? It, yes. it's just, it basically puts us into the character's mind, right? Yes. And right. everybody around him is is whispering about him and talking about him, saying, like, oh, he's about he's going to go sit by himself. Like, we have no idea why he is, go, like, why people are talking about him, why he sits by himself, until he meets this girl who's, like, uh, who, who's like kind of standoffish to him, and this is my first problem with the show. Every character in the show is a jerk to each other, without any reason for being a jerk to each other. So like, yeah, it's not like how like Konosuba like everyone's a jerk to one another because there is like a specific reason why they're a jerk to one another. Yeah, see the setup for something like that is so important, but in this one you just have a a, a bunch of characters that are jerks to each other and there's no backstory like like this this really super genius math kid is really smart, he's been given a gift and uh and he but he's poor. His family is down on its luck so they need to find part-time jobs. And he's so super bitter about it, but we're not told why he's bitter in any way, shape, or form. He's just a jerk. And he's a jerk to everybody. Um, and then, uh, so he meets this girl who's like, hey, I need a tutor. I'm really bad at math. And he's like, no, because I'm a jerk for no reason. And so she's like, well, yeah, you are a jerk, so I'm going to be a jerk to you, too. I'm, I'm going to be, like, and 
And then it and then he gets a phone call from his his little sister who's like, "Dad found you a part time job to be a tutor," and it turns out it's for this girl, and he's already ruined the chance to be like friendly with her. And so he tries to find this way to apologize to her, but he's still a jerk because he has no people skills. And then he goes to their place and he finds out that this girl is one of five quintuplets. And so they're all the same age. They all suck at math. Um, (laughs) And they all have some sort of moe trope to them that we've seen a million times before. None of the characters are interesting. None of the characters are unique. And, And like, I don't know, like, it's, it's definitely going to be a fan service show because it's one jerk guy mm-hmm. who is uh, who is like five really hot, dumb girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like a reality show, if you ask me. It sounds like something that would play on VH1. But Oh, God. <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> it's an anime, and we have to watch it. <laughs> I, if you all could see John Starr's face right now, it's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It didn't grab me, but I'm, I'll give it another episode to see if it gets funnier because it's supposed to be funny. You know, it's it, it's definitely put forth that it's supposed to be this really funny show. Like the other one, like Tokyo Renka did not was not funny. It was it was very clearly a drama for pretty boy or with pretty boys. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give that one another shot. But. Okay. Let's see, do I have another bad one? I do have another bad one, but this one is going to, I think it's going to transition into shows that we're going to be split about. Okay. So I'll talk about this one. Magical Girls Spec Ops Oscar. Yes. I didn't really like it. Really? Okay. Really? Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. Um, it... I'm actually kind of surprised considering how it actually showcased something that I've never seen in in a Magical Girl anime series, which is a Magical Girl suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. So um, this is a Tragical Girl anime. Yep, uh, Tragical for, for Girl. Those, for those who need it. So it's it's really violent. It's bloody. It's gory. And it's sad. Um, Sounds like a great anime. Right? Doesn't it? Yes. We've had some really great Tragical Girl animes in the past. Yes. This one is boring oh <laughs> no it so, takes a little it takes a little bit to get into but i felt like the action that you get to see at the end was worth getting through some of that boring stuff i don't i thought that the fight was lackluster it could have been better um like she cut off the guy's legs and then she cut that other guy into pieces which is something which yeah it's something that you don't see magical girls do especially the first time ever we haven't seen a magical girl do this to other people to she, other to other people she sounds really nice yeah right <laughs> um we've seen them do this to monsters and we've seen them do it to other magical girls but we've never seen it do seen them do it to innocent not innocent but like just like regular humans so that's a catch for this show um I, I was expecting it to go a little bit farther beyond for a, an open uh, for an opening episode. Like I thought that we would have seen a little bit more violence, maybe a little bit more gore, you know. And I'm hoping that maybe the the next couple episodes are gonna be a little gorier, mm-hmm. but it, it was just more like tragical girl stuff trying to do the tragical girl thing when it wasn't really that successful at it. Okay. 
See, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. I'm hoping there's going to be a little bit more action and violence thrown into it. I've heard good things about the source material, so that's why I'm like sticking through to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. So, Evan, in your first impressions of it was that it was hardcore anime worthy. Yeah, that was my, like, when you saw her, like, starting to, like, slice up people, it was like, oh, shit, and I did not expect this to happen. I didn't either, but I also was expecting there to be more anatomically correct gore in it, as opposed to, like, uh, you know, getting, like, she cuts off the first guy's legs, and all we get are pure red, not even, like... Not even shaded different colors of red. It's almost right. like they use the blood as a sensor bar. Like, they didn't show any bones. They didn't show any meat. They didn't show anything. It was just, like, pure red flat blood. Huh. Kind of unexciting to me. Really? So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see how it progresses, though. Yeah. This one, I'll give a, I'll give a couple more episodes, too. Uh, the next one that I was kind of shaky on, I only half-liked. My roommate is a cat. You see, I can kind of understand, I can guess where you might go with this, because the human perspective is kind of meh, but I loved the the cat perspective and so much. And that's exactly my same, same point. I was so bored with the uh, human part of the show. Okay, so let's set this up first. Yeah. There's, there's this guy who lost both of his parents, and then he's living in this uh, house all by himself, and then he finds a stray cat. He brings the stray cat in, and they start living together, and they don't understand each other. Obviously, they're cat and human. Um, And then the 15-minute mark of the show comes along, and we are no longer focused on the human. It rewinds, goes back to the beginning of the episode, and now the entire series is... Or the entire episode is from the perspective of the cat and the cat's thoughts. So, and they have, like, this really cute voice actress who does the the, uh, voice of the cat... And, you know, is trying to understand, like, there's parts where, like, the cat is hissing at the human and the human doesn't know why. But then we watch the episode again and we see the part where the cat's hissing at the human and you're hearing the cat's thoughts on mm-hmm. why it's hissing. And it's like, oh, that well, I sense. gave you this really food like to that. eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, the the human is not taking care of himself properly because he's sad about losing both of his parents. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. In, and the cat is trying to make him feel better by give, trying to get him to eat something. Right. The human keeps feeding the cat, but the cat wants the human to eat. And the human's not eating, and the but the cat thinks that the cat food is also for the human. So the cat gives him the food or is trying to give him the food to save him but the human doesn't understand because it's like well it's cat food i don't eat it i'm a human right but the cat doesn't understand that so that's where the joke comes in um although he does wind up eating it though which is really funny it was cute it was really cute when it was from the perspective of the cat the problem is that you have to suffer through like 11 minutes of the human stuff beforehand but that's just for the first episode I think now that we understand the way that the formula of the show works, the uh, the second and episode and, uh, and so on are going to be a little bit more interesting because we're like, oh, why is the cat doing that? And we're going to find out why that's happening, you know? Precisely. Do you think it's not as interesting to you because, I mean, obviously we're humans, so we, we kind of know how each one of us would act. But obviously it's more interesting from a cat because we don't know what that's like. Yeah. Do you think it's just boring? That could be it. 
Yeah. And we're getting, we're getting, we're getting a unique look into what a cat is thinking about. So how would you, as a reviewer, like put a spin on, you know, uh, the human's perspective. So it'd be interesting to us as an audience. Yeah. Um, Oh, like how, how the human aspect can be interesting. Yeah. So how would like, let's say if you were making the show, how would you be able to make it into an interesting, or this is for you, Evan too. Yep. Um, I don't know if you can. Um, really? I, I think that people who are looking for a cute show, they'll like it. Um, but I mean, it, the for the 11 minutes that, you know, we were introduced to this, this male character who saved this cat, um, it, it it's kind of boring. It's kind of been there, done that. I mm. would have just written a better story. But I, But the problem is, I don't know what that story would be. I would right. say probably if you were to... Up his pers- uh not personality, up his positivity just a little bit more. I understand that he sure. lost his parents, but maybe like as the show progresses, I would like to see him more come out of his shell with the aid of this cat, who now is his uh basis of inspiration for the story that he's currently writing. Right. Um and I think that uh it, it's kind of funny because we're we're talking about like all these characters are so sad. Like, <laughs> Because yeah. here's the thing, because I don't want the show to suffer from March comes in like a lion syndrome, where like the main protagonist throughout the whole damn show is always, I'm so sad. Yeah. So sad. What if, what if they like tweaked the formula a little bit? So instead of playing the whole episode from one perspective and then rewinding it from the other perspective, they just have a almost like a back and forth dialogue type deal so you can just see what's happening at the same time maybe you see i feel like there are shows that done that before uh young koi is one show that i know has done that before okay and i like to see this whole i think it's different seeing one perspective and then seeing the full-fledged different perspective from the cat throughout one half of the show and then human's perspective from the other half of the show i think that if they were to to do both sides at the same time, it would kind of drag a little bit. I can kind of see where where Greg is coming from, though, because it <coughs> excuse me, it almost feels like this show could be uh, split up into four coma like things. Um, so you could do three minutes of the human, and then rewind to do three minutes of the cat, and then we do three minutes of the human and three minutes of the cat, um, and and it would be on different sections of it, like. Oh, this human's feet like like the part where uh, the human throws the uh, food away into the trash, uh, yeah. and then the cat freaks out and dives into the trash. If like that could be one small section of a little four coma panel, you know, and then they could say why did the like why did the cat freak out when he threw out the the food, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to wait eleven or you know twelve minutes for that whole section, it's like all right, so we can just kind of keep the story moving along, and maybe the human perspective isn't as boring. We, we get the hook right right away. We don't have to wait as long for the hook. We find out. Okay. Oh, we're gonna find out what the cat's thinking. Right. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. But then again, now that you say it that way, they want to draw you into the show, so they want you to stick around for the whole thing. Yeah, but they don't want you to do it for. A, but the problem is, is that some people don't stick around for eleven minutes. They're gonna say, "Oh, this is boring. We're gonna go." Sure. You know, um, yeah. so if you do it in the first three minutes and, and people think that the part with the cat is funny, mm-hmm. they're willing to wait another three minutes so they can see the funny part with the cat, you know? Right. So, uh, I, maybe they'll try that. Yeah, maybe. 
But uh, long story short on this one, my roommate is a cat. I am going to go back to this one. I do think it's worth your time. And I think it's worth at least you checking out one episode of it. Yes. I think it's funny. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see. Any others that I was kind of shaky on? Um, this, not really. The, the other ones I, I, I liked a lot. Um, yeah. So then, so for the the ones that we liked a lot, do we want to do uh, returning shows first or brand new shows first? Well, there's only one returning show that I have on my list. So okay, if I you want to get through all that. Do you want to do returning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got two returning shows. Do you want me to do the one that only I've seen then? Probably. Okay. Let's see what it is. Um, Boogie Pop and others. Oh, no. I've seen that too. Okay. Yes. Then that is technically a returning show. Yeah, um, so the original show was Boogie Pop Phantom, mm-hmm. which came out in the early 2000s. It, it, uh, so <laughs> can, Boogie... I, can, I, can I just say that Boogie Pop Phantom sounds like an awesome Rob Zombie album? You're right. It, it absolutely does. <laughs> it, it's uh, any, any band name in general. Like, Boogie Pop Phantom would be a great band name. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why they ever chose the name Boogie Pop Phantom because it kind of it's it kind of gives you that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure vibe where you're like, oh, this is supposed to be funny and silly. No, Boogie no. Pop Phantom is not that. <laughs> no, it's kind of depressing. It's violent. It's disturbing. But I gotta say, I haven't seen someone do a narrative like this since the early two thousands. Yeah, I feel like like the last time I felt watching something like Boogie Pop and others was probably back when I was in the high school watching Serial Experiments Lane. I completely agree with you, especially because Serial Ex- Experiments Lane is in the exact same vein as Boogie Pop Phantom. Absolutely. It's one of those shows where you're like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but I am on board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, my short history, mine and Andrew's short history with Boogie Pop Phantom. Um, so... Boogie Pop Phantom, we had a family member who was working for uh, Comcast uh, way back in the day. And when you work for Comcast, you get everything Comcast for free. Uh, oh, so, wow. Like, everything is unlocked. Or at least it used to be that way. I don't know if it's that way anymore. Um, so we got all of the on-demand services for free, meaning we got the Anime Network, the Funimation Channel, and everything like that. And so we got Boogie Pop Phantom uh, in the Anime Channel... Um, as our on-demand show, and we watched it from beginning to end, and it made zero sense. Boogie Pop Phantom, the original series, makes no sense whatsoever. It's it's almost like watching an entire 26-episode series of the last two episodes of uh, Evangelion. <laughs> and, but, but, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's utterly fantastic. It makes you feel gross. It makes you feel depressed. Everything is so low. Like, there's this low, um, like, D-note hum going through, like, the background of every single episode that makes you say, oh, why do I feel this, like, dark pit in my chest while I'm watching this? Um, That's Boogie Pop Phantom. Yes! Boogie Pop and Others is a slightly more action-oriented version of Boogie Pop Phantom. Huh. And I love it. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's pretty badass. It's still got that really low hum, depressing feel to it. And you're like, oh, geez, all these characters are going to suffer. Like, almost like Elfin Lead. Um, but man, is it a good time. But like I, the I, storytelling feels like it's something from the early 2000s. The voice acting, the soundtrack, everything feels very, very retro. And I can't get enough of that feeling, man. I have to, I have to say it's the first 
story that has pulled me in so far. I think so far, the, all the anime that I've watched this season, this one has the best original written story. That's for me personally. Okay, because I know there's one on here that I know we all watch that I think Andrew would disagree with you on. Uh, let me see. Oh, you know what? I retract my statement. Okay. Yeah, okay, here we go. Um, but we're going to get to that one later on. I think that yeah. one's more of like a finale, save that one for later. Absolutely, because um, I think the other show that you're going to want to talk about, sort of returning, I think you are going to mention Mob Psycho 102. Correct. Uh, oh so my god. The second oh, season of I missed Mob the Psycho show so much, man. I did too. Uh, here's the thing, though. Uh, the first episode wasn't that great. Really? I didn't think I, first... I got pulled in by that man. Because listen, all right. Maybe, so here's the thing. I really relate a lot to Mob. I my personality back in high school and middle school was a lot like Mob. He kind of like he kind of has a very autistic personality. If you yeah, really look at him, a little bit, yeah. He yeah, I would say so. So his his personality when it came to like him having like possibly a girlfriend in this second season in this season opener, I really related to his attitude. And I really liked it, despite the fact that he went out with this girl, and this girl went out with him on a bet, and he was kind of forgiving of her, and she wound up actually being a legit nice person towards the end of it. Yeah, um, and then on top of that, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but somebody gives him the, oh wow, smooth move, man, at the very end of the episode, if you know what I'm talking about, Evan. Yes, yes, which I thought was beautiful man like yeah. i don't know how you weren't pulled into that um it there were parts that were good but it's not the way that i wanted it to go um i love the opening scene with the farm uh just because like man his, like that that guy who's the fake psychic is regan so funny. <laughs> regan is such a great character every time he is so funny and like you know he goes up to the farmer and it was like what do, what do you want me to pay you and he's like 30 percent of your crops he's like really you'll work for veggies <laughs> it was just like so good i have to ask did you watch the um the mob psycho 100 movie where everything is from the perspective of regan uh, no, I didn't actually. It is I, on Crunchyroll. I would recommend checking it out. I did watch it like as a bit of a recap just to refresh myself because man, it's so funny seeing Regan as kind of like the hero. And what I love too is like how he literally just like paces his face over other characters like heroic bodies. Yeah. Instead it's... of just like him actually doing the fighting. Yeah. It, um, I mean, I, I watched the show for him. To be honest with you, like, there are great characters that show. The story is written excellent, but Regan is the reason why I watch Mob Psycho 100. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so maybe that's why I wasn't hooked into the episode as much, is because it needed more Regan. Well, I know that the manga is finished over there, and I know that they're going to be finishing the whole story, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this. In this season? Yeah. Oh, that okay. So I think I'm thinking that this might actually be a two core series, a season, because they want to finish up the manga, which oh, is yeah. why we're not getting My Hero Academia season four until October. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, um, but definitely, if you if you liked Mob Psycho 100 season one, watch season two, duh, because it was so great. Uh, if you haven't watched Mob Psycho season 100, it's great. Watch it. It is 
amazing. You know, I actually don't know why it's even not in my... It's not even in my collection yet. I need to put that mon- that series into my collection for anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So good. It is very good. Um. Okay, so let's talk about some new shows that... I actually, you know what? There's there's not that many left that I have to talk. I have I have I think I have three, three more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with one that was like that we're probably going to be on the fence about for the two of us. Um, the Rising of Shield Hero. I have ri- not watched that one actually. Uh, okay, so the Rising of the Shield Hero is an isekai. Um, it's a classic isekai in every way, shape, and form. The difference with this one. So we got so this one on Crunchyroll. They actually got a preview episode of it. So I I believe that America saw it before Japan did. Um, it was a forty five to fifty minute episode, um, and it was just like a regular isekai at first. It was kind of boring in the beginning. I wasn't super pulled in, and then the second half of it, I was really pulled in, like a lot. Um, so. This guy who reads light novels, um, he, he likes, so he likes books. His brother, who we we never see, is into MMOs, so he knows a little bit about them. Um, and he goes to the library and to, to buy books, and he finds this really ancient book that talks about the spear hero, the sword hero, the, uh, archer hero, and the shield hero. And the joke of the show is that, oh, he's just the guy who carries the shield. He's crap. Like, we don't want to pay any attention to the shield hero because he's just carrying the shield, right? <laughs> and uh, while he's reading this book, he gets summoned in like through the book. Suddenly, there's all these blank pages. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? And then the blank pages suck him into the book. And he gets summoned into this alternate reality with four other people from other alternate realities um, who are donned a weapon. And, of course, the main character that we're introducing to you becomes the shield hero. Everybody hates him because he carries the shield. <laughs> um, and it, the, the weird thing is, though, that's the only thing that's really funny about it. The rest of it's really deadpan serious. Um, but so... Uh, we find out eventually that uh, these four heroes who are selected are all from the exact same timeline, or sorry, the exact same uh, place, but different timelines of a different Japan universe. So they're all from alternate realities. Um, because And they try this, they're like, okay, who's on the 100 yen? And they all say different names. And they're like, okay, well, who's uh, the prime minister right now? And they all say different names. And that's how they find out. Um... So the difference between this one is that in this isekai, there's there's four people, four humans from Japan, from not modern day Japan, that are pulled into the same place. The story goes, and, and so this is where the story starts to get interesting. They all have to go off on their own adventures and level up in order to become great heroes. Uh, because there's only a matter of time. It's kind of like a Pacific Rim thing where a, where a giant horde of monsters is going to come uh, face war on them when the timer runs out. Exactly like Pacific Rim, but in a medieval setting. Um, okay. And they all have to gain experience points to gather their weapons. Uh, and then that's where it goes off the hinges. They're uh, given these parties, and the, and the shield hero 
does not get a party member, uh, uh, not a single one. They, they leave the shield hero in the dust. Uh, he gets one, something happens, and he uh, goes off on his own, and he almost becomes this anti-hero. He's like a villain to everybody else because they all hate him so much for being the shield hero. And so he embodies that by becoming this really, like, bitter and dreadful person. And he it's kind of like watching this this the the bad guy become better than everybody else. Um, and that's where it hooked me. That's where I really liked it. Um, so I would say give at least the first episode a shot. You will know whether or not you like this series by, by the first episode, this 50-minute episode. Um, so Rising of the Shield Hero on Crunchyroll. We have to wait a while before the second episode comes out um, because uh, we got the preview episode on Crunchyroll. But I recommend it. It's a good time. I thought it was a good time. You have to wait for it, but it, it turns into a good time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for more episodes. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say that. So, All right, Evan, your turn. What, what, what's one that you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about, it's a bit of a short show on High Dive called How Clumsy You Are, Miss Ueno. Okay. So How Clumsy You Are, Miss Ueno, it focuses on a very smart student who is a scientist, and she's trying to confess her love to one of her fellow students you know, fellow classmates. And she does this by having him help her with some of her crazy ass experiments. That sounds cute. It's cute. It's really funny. But I will say this. The very first episode, it involves her... Okay. So, okay. <laughs> just just to prepare you. Just, just to prepare you. Let Have any of you ever seen the movie Waterworld? Yes. No. Do you know the thing that Kevin Costner invents that turns his pee into water? Well, I know that... Well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. So she does that in the first episode. And right. throughout the whole like whole segment, she tries to convince him to drink it for science. But it's her <laughs> weird, creepy way of trying to say that she really likes him. By getting him to drink her pee? Or his pee? Her pee. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of gross, but at the same time, how it's presented, it's really funny. But she fight, but she manages to con- like convince one of her other friends to drink it, and she's like, "It tastes like nothing, just like water would." But even still, he's like, "Nope, I'm not doing this. Nope, nope, I'm not doing this. Nope, nope, no way, no way at all." And then the other half of the episode is her inventing something that makes it impossible for guys to look up a girl's skirt. Where, like, when you look up, it actually showcases, like, a black hole sort of universe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very, very, it's, it's perverted, but it's very funny and it's kind of cute. They actually, you know, they actually uh, did that in Japan. They, they actually uh, invented... Um, leggings and tights uh, or, uh, you know, stockings. There we go. They invented okay. stockings that are regular, like that brown business casual. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it gets skirt height, it fades gradiently into pitch black. And so if somebody were to look up your skirt, it looks like you're just looking at really deep shadows. Now this so, one, you literally see like the stars in the galaxy underneath her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's very funny. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by this series. It, I think it's... I it's, And it, it works well as a 12-minute show, too. 
Yeah, like the, the, it doesn't drag along too long, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the experiments are going to go, how like extreme they might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounded like it went pretty extreme right off the bat. It does, <laughs> but I feel like it's going to get even more ridiculous. So you can catch this one on uh, High Dive and also on VRV or Verve, since now okay. High Dive is part of Verve. Oh, that's true. Yep. Cool. Yes. Um, all right. Do you, do you want to talk about Wada 10? What? Yes. Let's talk about Wada 10, AKA how Uzumate should have been done. <laughs> um, so this one is the, this should be, uh, creepier than it actually is anime of the season. Yes. Um, surprisingly. So the premise, which we've talked about on the show before, the premise is this college girl who's kind of a shut in and she makes uh fashion clothes, uh, cosplay she, specifically. Yeah. She uh, is in love with this elementary school student that she that she meets from her elementary school sister brings her home one day and the second that she sees her she falls in love and you so see, the sh- I don't think she's fallen in love with her I feel That's- it's more of like like because she's kind of de- a depressing character when you start watching the show and then when this other kid comes into her life it's like something awakens inside of her and she's slowly coming out of her shell again. Yeah, that's like but that, but isn't that what we talked about though? The the description of the show actually says like she's infatuated and falls in love. I could have sworn that's the reason Maybe, why we were like but the show I don't creepy. but like at the start of the show I'm not getting that vibe. I'm just getting a oh this kid's kind of inspiring me in some way that hasn't happened to me in a very long time. Yeah, well, I agree with you, um, but it, it's funny to see the the kid react in the way that's like. Oh, oh yeah, it's great. And I, <laughs> by the way, I I want her I want her T shirt, the one with the really creepy guy on the, on the front. Yeah, it's hideous. Great, it's start. hideous, but it's so good. Yeah, um, it, so this is the Doga Koba show. Yes. Uh, so it's it's obviously cute. It's very well animated, and it it, it has great characters. It's funny. Um, and if you, this is the show that is like, if you just want to watch something cute and to turn your mind off and you want to laugh a little bit, watch Wada 10. Yeah. It's on Crunchyroll. All right. Do you have another one, Evan? Um, I watched one. It was actually from a recommendation I saw on Anime's News Network called Kaguya-sama, Love is War. And basically this show is about two people who are in love with one another, but they don't want to confess to either one because whoever confesses is the loser this <laughs> this uh is in my queue and i haven't watched it yet is it good i it kind of starts off slow but as it progresses it gets funnier yeah, okay and i hear it is one of the funniest manga out there so hope, fingers crossed that it does get a lot funnier on the show just keeps ramping up yeah right yeah cool, cool. so I mean, there isn't really much else to really talk about because it's one of those shows where, okay, you got to see what's going on. You got the class president and the vice president, and those are the two that are like, oh, people are thinking they're a couple, but they are in love with one another. But they were raised to think that whoever is the one who confesses their love is the weakest of the two. Yeah. (laughs) So it's now a competition of who's going to say, I love you first. Oh, that sounds... And it's really funny. That sounds heart-wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it kind of is, but at the same time, how it's presented, it's really funny, especially with the internal dialogue or the internal monologues of these characters. Yeah, As to, yeah. Oh, if I do this. Oh, but if I do this. Oh, no, this one figured out a loophole through this one. And it's just really, really entertaining. Love just got a whole lot more interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Evan, do you have any other ones before we go to the big one? Do you Let's more? see. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. We talked about that one and this one. Domestic Girlfriend. Okay. I Okay. I remember you talking about this one earlier, but I didn't see it either. Where, where's this one on? This one's on High Dive and Verve. So okay. this one is the one where the guy is kind of in like kind of in love with this teacher and then he winds up having sex with this random girl and then his father winds up getting remarried and the daughters of the of the new stepmom wind up being the teacher and, and the, the girl, girl he had sex with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I now I remember why we were talking about this one earlier. So the premise of the show just sounds downright awful to me. It sounds uh, awful, but I got to give it props. Like, the storytelling of it is really good. All right. I, I'll watch it for the next time. Definitely. This sounds I, like a show. It's it very like questionable, but the way it's presented, like, there are some pretty comedic elements, especially when the guy is telling this story to his friend about what's going on. And I feel like that we are supposed to be this best friend of his. And we're like, what the hell is this sort of premise, man? Yeah. But because of that, it adds a humoristic element to it. Yeah. I feel like this... This I definitely feel like this would be one that Andrew would just, like, not get on board with. Uh, so I, I I feel like I would step into his shoes on this one, too. So Yeah, take yourself in. Give it give it a shot. I am. I am going to give it a shot, and I'll report it on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you now roleplay as Andrew. You are the closest person to roleplay as Andrew. <laughs> All right, so um, last one. The last one. This is the one that I wish Andrew was here to talk about. Yeah, but now we can totally vouch for him. Uh, granted, I read the manga for this one, too, alongside with him uh, when when it was coming out. And now it's an anime, Promised Neverland. Yep. I think so, I, I summed it up best after I watched the first episode to you guys. Just yeah. holy fuck. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, man... It, it's good. It, it, it's yeah. basically the manga panel for panel, which typically happens when you do these anime. But um, the there was there were elements that were missing from it in a narrative standpoint that worked better in the manga, and they could have done it in the anime too. Um, so there were a couple of hiccups and a couple of problems that I think that they could have fixed, but they. Uh, chose to leave them out for some reason, and I think it hurt the first episode of the anime. Um, but nonetheless, it is still potentially one of the best shows that's going to be out this season, this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like the way that the way that the uh, I, I thought the art direction was great. The oh man, the animation is fantastic. The animation's fantastic. The camera angles that they use on parts where you, it's supposed to be shocking and surprising. Uh, it is, uh, and then the, I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you who know nothing about the show, um, the twist at the end of the first episode was scary, um, and, and it was pulsing, like, your pulse was going, oh, oh man, all that kind of stuff. 
it makes your stomach turn into knots and it's just oh it's kind of gruesome too like it's yeah it's there, messed there up parts, man it there are parts up. that are very gruesome yep um so yeah promise Everland. uh probably uh most of our number one if not uh close to the top of this season uh, if you have to watch any show this season watch promise neverland on anywhere literally anywhere crunchyroll has it funimation has it high dive has it like this is the this is what everyone's coming together for. This is like what Pop Team Epic was last year, where everyone was streaming Pop Team Epic. Now people are like, let's do a good anime for once. Let's do a good anime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Man, you just gotta watch it. I'm not. I don't really want to say much about it, but man, was it good? Did it deliver? Yes, it totally delivered. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it too. Which Greg, did good. you watch anything? I unfortunately have not had a chance to. But boo, you're fired. Oh, no. <laughs> no, so what I'm actually in transitioning with my streaming services because I finally kind of set a concrete uh, foundation for myself that I prefer ing- uh, dubbed anime. Don't get me wrong, I'll watch a good subbed anime, but uh, I am currently switching over to Funimation, I think is where I want to go. So eventually I would actually like to try and do maybe like kind of an English dubbed corner type yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, that would be good for us anyways, because, uh, sure. I, I, Evan, you have Funimation as well, right? Um, I'm actually going to be getting it very soon. Okay. I, so I don't have it either just yet. So if you watch Funimation stuff, I think you and Victoria watch Funimation. Yes. So, um, I, I just, I like their service. Not I, actually, I like all the services that I've had so far. It's just, I, for me, well, promise Neverland is streaming on Funimation too. So you can watch it there. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's um let's move on to some shameless. Uh, no, sorry, we have to do some fan service first because we had a, we have a little bit of a, a backlog, but not that much that is going to be overwhelming. We have a lot uh, of interactions on Twitter, uh, n- including those who uh, uh, really liked the uh, the wikis, and they were uh, yes. You know, thank you, everybody, for watching the live version of that. By the way, we yes, are so you. happy with the way that turned out. Yep, very um, fun on Twitter. Megadaffy, uh, Mike, he wanted us to. Uh, he said best one of his best ending songs was the ending to Boruto, uh, "Dreamy Journey" by the Peggies. Well, that um, was from 2017, Megadaffy, so that can't count. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. yeah. Because Naruto's still going, so I didn't know whether or not... Or Boruto is yeah. still going, so I didn't know whether or not it was a part of this one. So, I will say, though, Megadaffy, you have to listen to the Boruto end theme, Laika, by Bird, Bear, Hair, and Fish, because that shit was my jam. Like, I'm actually surprised I didn't nominate that, but I think the Asobi Asabasi end theme was just superb. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Um, we have... Um, Elver Gun on uh, Twitter who sent us uh, some of Sakimi-chan's artwork uh, for Froppy when she was announced as the best girl. It is well, if you know Sakimi-chan's work, you'll you know what to expect from. Uh, I don't know Sakimi-chan. Oh, that's actually that's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah, it's very realistic. Yeah. Very nicely um, done. I've seen her painting before, and she does that all that on one Photoshop layer. What? Damn! Get out of here. Yep. You're fired. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen her I've seen her live streams. I, I've seen it. 
So yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, and a lot of our uh, yeah, a lot of our backlog tweets are from uh, um. Are from people sharing the wikis with us, which it had one of our biggest interactions, which we can't thank you all enough for joining us, for supporting us. Um, oh, we, yeah. And uh, we really no, got to figure out how to do more live shows, because I think the reaction that we were getting right then and there was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I found the one that Sean did. He revealed that he was the one who nominated Happy for every category. So thank you for... For ruining our night, Sean. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. No, um, but that My Hero Academia troll, though. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, what tall jerk did that? <laughs> ended up ended up winning some categories. I don't know what person might have done that, but maybe if uh, people come to Anime Boston, they'll find out. Yeah. Check us out in some of the panels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's all we have for current fan service right now. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, other Mike on Twitter, uh, he sent us, uh, oh, he recommended, okay. This is one that I did want to share. Um, so, uh, Mueller Mike on, uh, Twitter, uh, our other Mike fan, uh, Mike Swabby, I believe who was on the, yes, yes. uh, yeah. Yes. So, uh. He recommended to us uh, this YouTube show called Idiots Watching Anime. Uh, it's a show where they kind of sit around and they talk about an anime. They're, like, they're not the biggest anime fans in the world, but they sit around and they watch anime. And the last episode was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, that was recommended to them, so they watched it. And they what they do is they describe what the anime is like. Uh, or what they think the anime is going to be like before they watch it. And then they watch it. And then they talk about you know, the stuff that they liked and that they didn't like, blah, 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 blah. And it's really funny. I watched a little bit of it before my day of work started. I didn't get to watch the whole thing yet, but because it was like an hour long, but man, like these guys were really entertaining. Uh, so idiots watching anime. Uh, he shared that with us, uh, figured that we should, I'll put a description in the link below to anybody who wants to, to see it, who, whoever's on the, uh, nerdy show page. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's uh, do some, shameless plugs our first shameless plugs of the year I, I always have trouble doing this because andrew's usually the one who does it i usually just say hey google wicked anime and you'll find all of our links <laughs> but i want to be official and professional about this so if you guys want to join the conversation email us at yo at gmail dot no i'm sorry see i'm already messing this up can you believe this andrew's gone for a, like a minute and i'm already tr messing up everything that he's supposed to be doing <laughs> if you want to join in on the conversation you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews all one word at gmail.com. Uh, you can message us on Facebook where we post all of our news, videos, anything that we find interesting on the internet. Um, you can tweet at us at Yo Wicked Anime. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere that you can find podcasts at all, including Stitcher and uh, iTunes, Audio Boom. All that kind of stuff. Uh, Pod chasers, where you can and you can review us on all these sites. Um, you can uh, also go to nerdyshow.com, where you can find both of our of our podcast and our videos. This is this has all the links that I'm talking about. Um, and you can go to 
uh, youtube.com slash wicked anime reviews for all of our videos. You can find the uh, half of the wiki's live stream before it cut out on us, unfortunately. And then you can go over to facebook.com and finish watching the rest of the live stream from a different camera angle. Um, <laughs> But uh, we, we're trying to get some videos out in production. Uh, it's it's a lot longer of a process than it is to make the podcast, so that's why they don't come out as often. But we really miss it, and we want to try to do that. Um, uh, so that's that's it for Wicked Anime Plugs. Evan, go ahead with yours. Well, we should try to make the note that we are hoping to launch a Discord very, very soon. Hopefully, maybe by the time that this episode airs. Yeah, potentially. Andrew was going to try to head that, but he's gone, so... Uh, well, right. okay anyway okay <laughs> all right so for the recent news reviews podcast episodes and videos featuring members of the boston bastard brigade you can find us at www.b3crew.com if you have any questions comments or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our no borders no race podcast show you can write to us at the bastards at boston you can follow me on twitter and on the jpop video games and anime amino pages at kingbaby.esh and on tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com like us on facebook.com slash boston bash brigade and facebook.com slash land of ash and don't forget about all the other sites under the land of ash including the electric sisterhood phil's recap and review smash truck and coming soon one other site Ooh. <laughs> I can't reveal anything now, but something is going to happen soon. Something about butts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So that's uh so that's all for us in this episode. Thank you for listening to our first official episode release of 2019 yes we hope that it's yes. going to be a great year for anime um happy watching let us know what you're watching too and we will uh hear you you can hear us in the next episode and now it's time to set off the only way we know how yeah i'm a boogie pop a boogie pop i'm a boogie pop yeah English is hard. Redacted is the word of the day. I don't know if that's, you can hear that over the music or not. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking up uh, words. That's so repugnant. <laughs> I was looking up words on the dictionary uh, or uh, earlier today because I, I saw something on TV that I, I was talking with Christina. I was like, that has got to be on Urban Dictionary. It's because. <laughs> I, they were advertising a uh, the the next big boxing match, which is Manny Pacquiao is fighting against a guy with the last name Broner, and I was like, Broner has got to be an Urban Dictionary word. <laughs> is it? It is. There's multiple. Yes. De- there's multiple definitions of Broner. Yes. <laughs> oh, we never talked about the um... Broners. <laughs> they're like Bronies, but they're. They're what? <laughs> that's that's part of it. Is, oh, really? <laughs> is when a brony gets excited over over My Little Pony, they get a broner. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.